welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today I have Jess and it's Jess Campmans and that's your website also, JessCampmans.com. It'll of course be in the notes, but Jess, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. You're in Alberta, Canada, I asked you. So I'm just yep. going to just brace yourselves for the accent. That's all. <laughs> and a lot of A. Eh? I've been through there, actually. I was raised in New England, so I always saw the East Coast of Canada. And then I lived, I moved to Alaska and drove across and up. So I drove, drove through all of Calgary, all of Alberta, Whitehorse, all the way up. And then I came back down and through there again. So it's beautiful. I've actually been where, around where you're at. Yes. Yeah. I'm about two hours south of Calgary. Just okay. west of the mountain or just east of the mountains. Okay. Tell me about the website because it's your name. So that doesn't give us an indication about what's going on, but I know what's going on. <laughs> the website is my name because when I finally realized, um, this business of guided by Equus, which is my horses that kind of showed me my path and my path of how to help others. I wanted to identify it with myself because that's really who I am. And it, my whole website is the story of how I came to be who I am right now. Um, and then share that with others. So it's about horses. It's my, my mind wants to say equine therapy. That may not be, Correct. We have an equine therapy program here in Reno for um, predominantly kids that have disabilities. So they match a horse with a child with a disability to help them express themselves or get through stuff. Um, when I worked with foster kids, the kids that had been through the most trauma could be matched with a horse through equine therapy. So am I hitting any of the right things? Um, the piece around express themselves and trauma. What I do is actually called equine assisted learning or equine guided facilitation. There's a thousand names for it, mm -hmm. but it's essentially um, helping humans heal through the horse, the horse's presence, how the horse mirrors and what the horse allows us to do in a non-judgmental way in order to tap into um, those deeper levels of what is unconscious and conscious within us. I love it because I've seen enough about it just in kids having the ability to heal through trauma that at first it was kind of a foreign concept to me. Although I grew up um, in high school, my uh, cousin had a dairy farm and they had the huge draft horses. And back then in Vermont, we used to do logging with the horses. So there's no saddle. They had a yoke and a chain and we'd ride them out to the woods where all the guys were felling trees and then they would hook the chains up to the trees and the horses would go back and there'd be somebody there to unload them. And it was like for a high school student, it was great, except these horses I couldn't see over their backs. So I'm yeah. familiar with horses and the fact that they're just super, well, they feel you. Mm -hmm. So tell me how you work with them with people and what part of the programs are you said trauma mm -hmm. um, trauma self-expression creativity 
basically tapping into your inner resources that um, that you may have disowned through your life or that you were trying to do in a way that society told you to but isn't true to you. Um, I came to this, I've worked with horses and grown up with horses my whole life and I love your story um, because that's what, they were part of my life and my existence. We rode them, we drove them. We didn't really use them for a lot of work necessarily, but um, they've always been part of my life. And kind of after I recognized what they were showing me, I realized that they could help people. And then I found this path of equine assisted learning, equine guided facilitation, where I was able to tune into the horse and what they were showing the, the client or the person on the other side of them um, and understand how to share that horse's, I call it their horse wisdom for that person, which is basically communicating with the animal and um, offering what I was feeling on an in-depth level in order that the person could understand what the horse was mirroring or showing them. Mm -hmm. So that that's kind of my next question is, if I come to Alberta and I'm working with a horse, how do you know what horse that, that a person will work with? And how do you, I totally get what you're doing, except for me, I don't understand how you figure out what the horse is trying to tell you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so first of all, I let my horses be the guides. Um, whoever comes here, the horse that you need will step forward or if it's a number of horses, they will move and, um, and they recognize the level of fear you may have. So they are very good at um, self-regulating themselves in order to allow you to feel safe. Um, and then they just kind of move, move in and out. And I always work with my horses and my clients in a, um, kind of an open space. There's either a fence if that client feels that they need um, a certain level of safety to be on the other side until they can step in. But the horses themselves guide the session and um, they are the ones that initiate who, which horse shows up for you. And because I've worked with um, this particular herd since, well, they've been, many of them have been with me since 2010 or 2011 and the rest I've raised as babies. So I have this understanding and this bond with them as to what different nuances within each one of them is offering you. Um, and then the whole learning how to tell you what it is that the horse is telling me, that was um, my own journey into uncovering or reclaiming, I guess you'd call it my intuitive and empathic abilities mm -hmm. that um, let me be able to feel I call it energy as information, right? Energy is just information. And so whether it's a, whatever, all those clear senses that we have, um, they, the horses helped me and they, this is what they do. They're kind of a gateway for um, our connection to spirit and to our clairs and to those intuitive pathways to open up, to be able to better communicate with the world around us, the environment, the animals, nature, other humans. Um, so that's how I read them. And it, it just kind of comes in as a, I guess you could call it a download or just as a knowing, right? That this is what that horse is doing. And then I had to actually get over 
um, trusting what I was sharing because sometimes, oftentimes it doesn't make any sense to me, but I would share it with somebody and, oh my gosh, that was the key that they needed. Right. I've worked with an energy worker and I, I'm shocked that I didn't earlier, but I didn't, but I worked with her and, and, um, same, it's the same thing. So just in case this is the first episode people are listening to and they haven't, cause I've had other people that are, um, work with energy in one way or another, but how she described it to me, cause I was like, you need to do this. And she's like, you're actually doing the work. I'm just like a facilitator and I don't always understand what I'm inspired to share or ask with you or talk with you. But every time, every time anything comes out of this woman's mouth, I, my first reaction is to kind of be a little angry because I, it's not what I want to talk about or deal with. Like every time. (laughs) (laughs) And she's right. And it doesn't make sense to her. And that's even more frustrating. I'm like, how can you say this? And you're like blank. You're like, yeah, I don't know, but this is what's coming to me. And I'm, I'm always like, damn it. Like, <laughs> that was not what I want to talk about today. <laughs> but it's always what you need, right? And she's like, look, I'm just facilitating. I'm just whatever. The word download to me, for some people that works really well. And, and in other ways, it's just like, she's just tuning in and things are yeah. coming up and the flags that are coming up. She's like, hey, does this mean anything to you? Cause it doesn't mean it yeah. never means anything to her. It's a really yeah. incredible gift. And she's like, anybody can do this, but you have to tap into that. We're like, I'm not a person that has ever been able to tap into that. So I'm, I have a great appreciation for people who are able to tap into that. Um, I don't know if it's intuitive or download or whatever it is, you know, I'm just glad that you're there doing it. Tell me <clears throat> about journey of the horsewoman Oracle. This looks really cool. <clears throat> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. And I'll back up for a second. That yes. I believe we all have that ability yeah. um, to tune in or tap into this field of energy as information. And we actually all do it in a way that is so natural to us. We don't even know that we're doing it. Um, so, right, like you probably had a, well, you have a feeling, first of all, of who you would like on your podcast, mm-hmm. right? And you were talking about trauma earlier. And so you obviously resonate with those people and you can go there with them because you can feel what they need to be able to hold them to kind of allow them to share or express their trauma. Well, that's, yeah. That's great. I love that. That's true. (laughs) I just kind of like to hold the space while it's happening. So I don't, you're right. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm doing anything, but if you're talking to me about trauma, all I feel like I'm doing is just, holding that space, but you're right. It's very similar. Makes me feel really good right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not everybody can do that. Um, I've learned that the hard way. Um, Yeah. The journey of the horse wisdom Oracle is um, a, basically I, the horses started sharing these intuitive messages with me and they would just come in as I I would just have to start writing um, what the horses kind of, each had an overall theme of, um, and then and I love taking pictures of horses. I've done that my whole life. And so I kept kind of seeing that this would come together as an image and a message from these horses. And I could offer them to the people I worked with. And then actually, I mean, when I was a kid, I would have died to be able to get a, pic- a bunch of pictures of horses with messages from them. That, that would have been like my Christmas gift and that I would have been done for my life. Um, 
And so I realized that as these messages were coming through different horses, I could go back in time and tune into the ones that were part of my past and get as powerful message from them as I was with these ones that I was standing outside in the yard with. Um, and so, and then I kind of realized that my whole life I've been working with these horses and they've been sharing things along the way that I didn't understand until I finally understood what it meant. Um, and being able to go back and share all of these messages has kind of come into this Oracle deck that I'm creating or bringing to life because the horses, um, the horses just seem to really give me the inspiration for like the next step and the next step. And I realized that I really love being an entrepreneur, but every time I do something that is like what anybody else does, that doesn't work for me because this horse, all these horses that have come to me are just guiding me for where we are going with this. Um, so this Journey of the Horse Wisdom Oracle is essentially the creation of an oracle deck with all of these horses that have been part of my life. So there's um, over 50, but this deck is going to be a 50 card deck and the journey is just a weekly unveiling or revealing of the horse wisdom and the story behind the horse that um, was my my life and my existence with them and kind of this um, this life lesson that they offered through their life through their spirit how different are the cards like i've got two i've got two i can see them <laughs> i'm like staring off into space <laughs> but i have like these the a deck of cards that are psychic um i don't know one of them's like map and one of them it's they're two oh, different yeah. ones so yeah i can't quite the psychic tarot and then the map ones anyway how different are yours compared like i'm super curious about this i really like this <laughs> yeah do you um i they i should have put them right here do you want me to run and grab them and i can <gasps> yes yeah. all right perfect so these are um, the there's 46 cards here. Um, I don't know if you can. Oops. Yeah, I can see them. They're, they look great. Okay. And there's only 46 currently because I have four foals due next spring. A foal is a baby horse. So in 2020 will be the year I realized that will be the culmination of this entire deck. Okay, so a deck is a certain amount of cards. Yes, an oracle deck is, or a tarot deck is a certain amount of cards it can range in numbers um but mine i'm there's a lot um, numerology which is yeah. the archetype of each number has been a huge part of my life um as i began to really be able to tune into different energy fields and so um, <clears throat> this deck itself really wanted to be around the number five because five is freedom, is change, is transformation. And that is also the archetype of the horse. Um, they carry us to freedom. They carry us into transformation because they help us bridge worlds and find connections and rely on our intuitive and our instinctive um, abilities, which is what horses do naturally. And they kind of evoke that in us. Um, yeah. So, so you are so you going to add will. four cards to make it fifty? Yes. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I'm not working yeah. with a full deck right now either. So 
just want to throw that in. <laughs> okay, so Half will it be for <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not sure if anyone is. So will they be for sale in 2020? Yes. So the journey currently okay. is Yeah, um I started it November beginning of November and every week it's a different um I can show you. Yes. Can you I can see, see that? It. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it has it will have probably a number instead of the horse's name. Um, but that's one. And it's basically a photograph, one that I've taken, and I used um, an app to make it look like a painted image. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow, that looks great. So, so you really get the feel and the essence. And I'm super happy. This is just my own prototype deck. Right. Um, but I'll share one more. All right. I love what you're doing. So how different that's are the... I know when I um, use the deck, you know, each card means something different and you can pick three. There's all kinds of different, I've got to pull out a book and look at, I totally don't do this regularly, but you can even pick one card for your day. I used to do that a lot. How yeah. different are your messages compared to other decks? Um, well, my messages I can share. I'll share Dandy. Um, okay. Dandy was, born in 2014 and he actually is no longer part of my herd but he's part of a neighboring herd um, but he is the sire of one of the ones that are coming next spring and so his message to everybody the overall theme of dandy is the action of to cherish and his invocation or his prayer for us how we see ourselves and reveal ourselves is the fortitude through which we come to know our own pathway of being and creating with grace in this world. How we enliven ourselves through work and play is our steadfast determination of what is at the essence of our greatest sense of self-actualization and our efforts to carry through and carry on what is our most prized possession that seeks to be conceptualized. When we can truly enliven through the enrichment of this essential quality, then we are fulfilling the scripture of that which has been written. And his invitation, um, this is, I guess, the universal message. Uh, what is it that you have held dearly in your life as a dream, a hope, or a desire? This is now wanting to be actualized by you as a sign and symbol of putting into practice what is most cherished by you in a way that also serves the greater good. Oh, I love that. I love this. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked about it. <laughs> I love it too. Like I love, I've always loved my horses. And I, as, as I got more connected to the spirit realm or just this energy, this field, this field of everything, um, I just, it lights me up. And so as these cards were coming through, I was like, oh my God, I don't care if anybody else loves this. I love this. I, I, I could live my whole life just doing, creating this and being with the horses. And, and that's so essentially what I'm doing. It's each horse's message specific to them yeah. that you in tuned. And I, that is incredible. That's so fun. I love it. Yeah, okay. I have, I have two more questions about the website. One is what's the difference between the Butte Morgans and guided by Equus? And am I even pronouncing that right? You're pronouncing it a hundred percent, right? Okay. Uh, Butte Morgans is the Morgan horse herd. Um, I raise Morgan horses and Butte is the prefix. I live in near a town called Picture Butte. Um, 
and so a prefix is I, we register these horses so that they have a pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. They're registered and identifiable by an association. And so the every horse is named Butte something. So um, Dandy is Butte's Black Man Dandy, um, just so that you can carry their, you can move their pedigree forward and keep um, a record on all of your animals. Got it. So that okay. is, that is, yeah, my breeding herd is the Butte Morgan horses and guided by Equus is the equine guided facilitation uh, where people come, like that's more of what we're talking about. The Butte okay. Morgan horses is my herd and guided by Equus is the equine guided program where they interact with humans. Perfect. Okay. That absolutely clarified it for me. Cause I, then if somebody gets on your website, they're not wondering the same thing because it just, I don't speak that language. So it didn't make quite make sense to me. The other thing I want to talk about is that November, 2019, you had a book release. Uh, You were, you partnered with about 30 other people to be part of the book called chaos clarity. So tell me about that. (laughs) I, that became about because I was actually searching for a publisher for my Oracle deck. And um, so I went on a bunch of websites and then Sacred Stories Publishing had um, what was called book opportunity. And I thought, oh, weird. So I clicked on it and followed through with it. And it said, submit your personal transformation in your life and see if you become one of these many authors that are going to be contributing to a book that we're trying to create. And part of me thought, nah, nobody cares about my story. Nobody wants to hear it. Um, except for that this spring, I had done a workshop, a girls' workshop with the horses. And <clears throat> during that workshop, one of my mares gave birth. So all these girls basically got to watch this mare give birth and then stand there. And this little baby horse came away from its mama, who was the first-time mom, and the mom stood back and just held space. The baby horse came up to the fence and greeted all of the girls. And it was a girls' empowerment workshop. And there, you can't make this shit up. Like, what the horses do is far and above and beyond what we as humans... Like, this little horse had empowered those girls by basically giving birth to a whole new paradigm for them. Um, and so then I was telling these girls that the mom nearly didn't even exist because I lost her mom in the birthing process. Mm. Um, And I told the story to these girls and they had tears pouring down their face. And the littlest one said, you should write a book. And I thought, "Hmm, okay. So then later come this summer when I was looking for a publisher, I thought, okay, if a little girl thinks I should write a book, maybe I have something to say. So I wrote my story and it got accepted and, yeah, now I get to share my story and all of this wisdom in a way that I think, I think I was scared to because I didn't know how people would receive it or if they would understand what it is, but it's basically universal truth to live your life is what I, is the essence of horse wisdom. Oh, isn't that crazy how those things happen? <laughs> You're the last <laughs> person I need to tell that to, but yeah, from, from that baby being born and her mom dying and you probably had a hand raiser and then having uh, actually I yeah even crazier is um that the mom that passed away that I lost 
her half sister was standing there and watched this whole thing. And I basically looked over and this is part of the story in the book. And I had kind of just had this thought like, Annie, would you, would you adopt this baby? And within 24 hours, this mare that had her own foal adopted my now orphaned foal. I love yeah. it. I mean, I adopted yeah. it. So I'm all about that. I'm all about the adoption. How great. Holy cow. And then she got old enough and had her first baby and her first. So there's something in her line or her energy, the mom of this baby in the spring that, that it's just really interesting. She must be an interesting one to have people matched up to. She's super interesting because she was born with severely crooked legs. Um, and most people would have probably just put a horse like that down. Um, but she, right away, there was no sadness or grieving over her mom. It was like she knew exactly why she was here. Mm -hmm. And um, what I, it was just so crazy how this all works. But I basically understood that in past lives, she kind of come through and had these um, deformities and people would put her down. But there was so much old soul to her and depth to her that, well, first of all, she was the only one that I got from this mare that I lost, and I wanted those specific bloodlines in my program. And so there was no way I was letting this silly, this baby girl horse um, not survive and thrive. And I thought, well, crooked legs or whatever. Like, and she has been the most amazing horse. She's so solid. She's such an old soul. Um, she was two years old. Well, many of my horses that I've raised, I have four kids and the youngest one at that time was four. And you, I just put her on her back and she basically trained my daughter how to ride a horse when this horse didn't even, had never been trained. And even as a first time mom that she stood back and held space and let her own daughter come up and greet these 20 some girls along the fence. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a really yeah. big deal. That's incredible. Now I want to dive in. Let's go back in time and talk about struggles in your life. Cause I think we're going to have a connection pretty easy, but <laughs> <laughs> I still love the gym. There we go. Yep. Um, so like I said, I grew up around horses. I was riding before I could even walk. Um, and then I'd always wanted a horse of my own. And I remember wishing on a star. I'd walk down to the end of my lane this one Christmas, and I just, I would, every night I would do this, and I'd wish on a star. And that Christmas, um, I'm one of four kids, so we each got a horseshoe in our stocking. And I, as soon as I saw that, I ran out to the barn, and this horse had no chance of being anybody else's but mine. So, what a great way to give uh, your kids a horse! <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was. Um, and this horse became mine and I, he was young um, and his name was Sam and I was young. I was seven years old, I think that Christmas or six maybe. Um, and then right before my eighth birthday, because he was a, such a young horse, he'd only had a certain amount of training and life experience. And I, as a young rider also only had so much ability and riding experience. And we were out riding with my dad one day. And he jumped and my foot came out of the stirrup and I came off, but my other foot didn't come out. So he was dragging me and he tried to jump over me to get out, like 
to just clear and leave me behind so that he wouldn't hurt me, um, but actually ended up kicking me in the head. And I've got a giant scar that runs here. So I was unconscious and my dad was calling for help for a couple hours and finally a neighbor heard and called my mom and said, I think something like is, there's something going on here. So they both came rushing out. And all I remember was the thing, there was something that flew up between my horse and my dad. I remember riding in the ambulance when they asked me, did I want the sirens turned on? And I was all excited. <laughs> um, I love the kid's memory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Priorities, then, people. <laughs> yeah. And then riding up in the elevator with a whole bunch of doctors around me. And my next memory beyond that, um, I was in a head cast and my family came in to visit me. Uh, my mom, I think, stayed by my, I'm sure she did, stayed by my side. But um, so I had gone unconscious. And what I didn't realize till many, many years later in life was I also left kind of part of me, part of my soul in that experience with that horse. So if I, I got better, I think I got out of my head cast by the time I was in grade three um and what's really interesting to me is it happened a week before my eighth birthday and you're so, talking like a year or so you were in a head cast um I, in the head cast i think for a couple four or five months okay okay like that's they did still it, a yeah. long time what was the prognosis what happened in the hospital medically um they there was only swelling, um, but they had, it's fractured. They, my skull got fractured. And then I think they tried to just have it because I was so young. Yeah. They wanted it to just heal itself. And then later realized, no, they had to go in and do surgery. So um, then I had to go back to the hospital and they had to do surgery on it because it wasn't actually healing like they had wanted it to. So I have three small wires in there. Um, so, in all of that, then I finally got better and uh, went back out to my horse. And we, I don't remember the time frame, but we didn't have very long together because he ran himself into a pole and died. Holy cow. Yeah. And I actually didn't even put that in the story. Um, and so <laughs> I was quite devastated yeah. because this, like I just healed and then I was going to get back on him and we were going to go riding off into the sunset and now he's dead. Um, so that I think set me back a little bit, um, but not you, enough. You had no fear. You weren't afraid after being kicked. No, not at all. No, I didn't think so. No. I just wanted to make sure because some people would be so traumatized. Like I got hit in the head in sixth grade with a baseball bat and I've never played baseball again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean like, Sometimes you can go through something where I was, I had a concussion and I passed out and I went to the hospital that yours was much more traumatic than my situation. And like, I've never wanted to play baseball again, ever. So you went through this traumatic situation and you were like, cool. As soon as I heal, we're right back in the saddle. I, I love mm -hmm. that. Okay. So was the, when he ran into the pole, was that some complete and total fluke accident or was this horse carrying a lot of baggage about the, about you? <laughs> so it was a complete and total accident. Um, and many years later when I did kind of a shamanic journey and went back into that and tuned into him, 
there was so much guilt that um, basically he stabbed himself in the heart, like because he ran the pole right into his chest, right into his heart. Oh my god! Um, so really, super cool. Um, the year I got married, I was finally on my own in 2003, and I wanted my own cat and I wanted my own dog because I'd never. Like now I was on my own with my husband and I got to do whatever I wanted to do. And we weren't allowed pets in the house, but I love my animals. So I got a cat and I got a dog. Um, but I didn't actually go out and get this dog. On February 14th of 2004, the, the foreman at the place that I worked at brought two puppies in and said they were at the auction. And this little boy said, if I take them home, they're going to be put down. So this guy had a big heart and picked him up and he said, do you want one? And I was like, of course I do. So this was my Valentine's Day present, like basically from the universe in the form of a little gray dog and my horse with a gray horse. And what I began to realize, my dog had a, she was perfect for me too. She had this black spot on her bum that we called her no go zone because if you touched it, she would tell you where to go. <laughs> okay. Um, and as, as I kind of realized that my life wasn't quite what I wanted it, like it was everything that I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. but inside I was feeling so shitty about everything, so overwhelmed, so frustrated. Um, I just, I didn't know what to do with all of this. And so I realized that I had kind of abandoned my, my soul. Um, but my dog was showing me just as much as any horse would. And um, this dog had come back in a dog form to help me understand that what my horse was trying to teach, what this, soul, this animal soul as a horse was trying to teach me about um, how we carry guilt. Uh, and so just this past, last year, about this time, um, this dog was 14 or 15 years old and ready to leave. And I just wanted her to pass away so that it would be easy and we could move forward. <laughs> and no, that's not how things work. So, um, and I realized that, no, she was this horse. And instead of carrying this guilt forward, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, so in a really super amazingly peaceful way, we put her to sleep and let her go. And I have never felt so um, empowered and peaceful. And basically what she shared after she transitioned was like, thank you. Now I can come back and we are free and clear of any sort of karma, right? We, I, we can just appreciate each other and not have to do this cycle of one of us dying and holding grief and holding guilt for all of these things that are, well, that's a really long way of answering your question. (laughs) (laughs) I like the long way of answering my questions. I prefer that. The most people who have, especially dogs, I haven't had the same experience with cats, but I've been around horses enough to know that it's incredibly possible. And I've had dogs since I was on my own too. That was something that I was the same way. We were never allowed to have them. And the, I only remember one time getting a dog and I had to stay outside and it was on this chain. It was terrible. It was terrible. And it was a relief when they rehomed him because I wouldn't have wanted that life. And I wanted to do it and do it differently. And I have, but 
they all come with their own, like our dog now, I always talk, I'm like, I, you know, she's just neurotic. I don't know what, I don't know why she's neurotic. There's something that she needs to teach or learn I or both. I don't know. But, you know, every dog that we've gotten has been something different that mm -hmm. they give you and teach you. Mm -hmm. So most people can resonate with that. And horses, I feel like, are a much more powerful presence. So maybe that's just me. But you got your dog and you got your cat. And when did you start, first of all, how was your husband with all of this? And when did you start a more sh shamanic journey to figure things out? Because I get getting everything you want and either feeling stressed or unhappy or like something's not right or it's missing or it's off. So I'm guessing that's kind of probably how you felt back at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was terrified to actually ask for anything that I really wanted from my husband, who is the kindest, most loving, compassionate person I know. So, and thanks, thanks to him, I was allowed, like he let me grow and finally find my voice and um, move into being able to do all of this because I think I was just so terrified that I wasn't allowed to. Or I, um, So we started having our family and raising our family. And then in about 2011, that was the year my fourth baby was born. And I lost five or six or seven horses that year. There was a bunch that were born with deformities, like over the course of about 18 months. Um, a number of horses that died really traumatic deaths and uh, a number that we had to like a few that we had to put to sleep because they it was going to be a traumatic death and um, and I finally just kind of threw my hands up in the air and I said like between trying to raise this family and we live on a dairy farm also um, and okay. he grew up here um, and, you know, be part of this farm. And I love the whole farming lifestyle. Um, that's what I've always wanted. And then have all of my horses that were basically showing me how much I hated myself. Because I wasn't, because I totally shunned and disowned that whole connection to spirit, to my soul, to what it really wanted. I was trying to do it like everybody else. Or I don't, I can't even say what I was trying to do. But um, where really this will forever be one of the turning points. Um, and there was a number, right? It's not, sometimes people have one dark night, like dark night of the soul kind of thing, or one thing that was like, bam, that was it. <laughs> I have enough horses in my life. And I heard once that um, the amount of animals you have around you relays the level of trauma that you carry. So I'm surrounded by 200 and some cows. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of dogs, cats, and then 15 to 20 horses. So. You're like screwed. You're screwed. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, but they're not all yours. You said that your husband, you guys run, mm -hmm. run a dairy farm. And so you, you yeah. get to at least divide them in half, maybe 50-50. <laughs> but I think that the animals, um, like, because animals are so non-judgmental and they help people heal trauma. Um, in a way that most humans can't because we're all holding our own, like we all have to deal with our own stuff that we came here to deal with, but animals are not like that. Um, so when I heard that, I thought, oh, that's hilarious. Like my levels of trauma are off the charts because look at all these animals that I have around me. What do you do with that information? How do you move forward from that? <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know, but all I know is that right now I'm more happy in my life than I have ever been. Like it, I could pick any age um, because I found who I am and I found the things I love to do, which is my horses, which they never left me and they stayed by my side and kept, they kept showing up and they kept just guiding me to, for me to see and then to the next step and to the next step. Um, and then this whole being empathic and intuitive and being able to tune into things and share with people stuff that, like you said, and that was so perfect that that lady that you were talking about, and you're like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. Well, of course we don't want to hear that. <laughs> no. <laughs> those, are, those, are, those are the things that get highlighted for me to share with people yeah. in order to help them heal. And that's where you really have to do your own work so that you're not like, holy shit, I just got triggered by this because I'm still holding on to this. So it was a really interesting process. Um, but my daughter, my second daughter was in a room where um, two of my husband's brothers had, had passed away um, and they both lived in that same room. And she was waking up in complete terror every night at the same time basically running up the stairs and saying something's getting me like there's something there and just crying and not wanting to go back to that room. And so um, I don't even know how I came across this, but it was a Reiki lady. And I was like, well, what is Reiki? And so whatever her advertisement said, and I, and something inside me said, they just contact her. Mm -hmm. um, so I got her to work on a horse and this horse, um, kind of started showing signs of improvement. I can't even remember what was really wrong with her. And then finally I was like, okay, so I'm seeing progress, betterment with this horse. So then I called her up and I said, like, this is what's happening with my daughter. So she came here and we did a, a house clearing and a space clearing and we are downstairs. Um, and she said something about, can you not see or feel all of the souls that are here and the angels that are supporting you to, to help these two brothers souls that have passed and to like raise the whole vibration. And I was like, I can't see them and I really can't feel them. But what you just said struck something in my heart that reminded me that this actually exists. And I was just like, and started crying. And she turned around and looked and she said, why are you crying? And I said, because that's real. Like it's as real as anything else. And I had totally left it behind I would say around about the time that I was kicked in the head and went unconscious because I remember as a little kid, I would used to go walking out in the forest and we lived on a big farm where there's lots of land. So you could just go walking anywhere. And I would be so enthralled with the forest and with the wildlife was in there. And just the fact that I could feel something that I didn't feel anywhere else. And sometime around age eight, when I got kicked in my kicked in the head, I kind of let that all, go and die and tried to become more part of the human world in a way that left my spirit out there. Um, and so this whole thing, um, and actually as soon as we did that space clearing, my daughter slept, like returned to that room and slept beautifully beyond that. And then that just opened up a whole questioning in my head, like if that's real, I am now infatuated and I need to find out everything I can about what Reiki is and what all of this is. And so I spent just since 2011, it's just gone like boom, right? As soon as you find that pathway, 
there's more and more and another doorway opens and another doorway opens. And at one point I remember thinking like, I've got, I'm learning so much about so many different things. How are they all going to tie together? Well, now a number of years later, they've all super beautifully tied together. But I have so many tools um, because I needed them all to heal myself and to become a better parent and to become a better horse person but really to help my soul recognize who I am so I can do what I came here to do, essentially. Was it, did you ever feel, because I did, so that's why I'm asking, do you ever feel like, duh, (laughs) where have you been? Did you, like, how could you have let this go for so long and not been in tune with any of it? or dealt with any of it or thought about any of it. I was like, when I finally did, I did the same thing. I don't know why, but a couple of years ago, I was like, yep, I need Reiki. I don't really entirely understand it, but I'm going that route. And that's how I found the woman that is here in town that has done energy work with me. And yeah, I was just like, this is just the next step. And once I did it, I was like, oh my God, all this shit's here all the time and I didn't even see it but that's what's been nagging at me how was it for you um I think there was so many I love the duh because I wish I could go back and be like god I was such a I took out this is what I did how I tried to deal with it I would get a horse um I would try training it. It would show me who I was being. And I was like, nah, I'm going to sell you. <laughs> so good. So then I would sell that one and start all over again. And lo and behold, the same shit would happen. And that horse would be trying to show me who I was. Nope. Out the door you go. And so then I think actually I'm laughing because I don't think I ever put that piece together. Like those horses were trying to show me what I needed to actually pay attention to what I was missing. The, the key ingredients mm-hmm. of, of me. And so instead of me selling them, then they were like, well, no, we'll we'll just take this up notch. We're going to start dying. Like we'll show up so that you have to actually really face what you're unwilling to face because it's easy to sell us and get somebody new. Right. So they were so insistent that I wasn't going to like that. I had to do this. And it was just challenge after challenge after challenge Mm -hmm. that um, I lost my grandpa I think that was easier than losing these horses. I mean, he was 70 years old and he had cancer and he, and I knew that he wasn't even gone. And it's weird because when my horses died, I was like, you guys left me. Like, how could you leave me? And why are you leaving me in this state of trauma? Like, why is this so hard? Um, So I think it's those things that really mean the most to us that help us actually wake up because I if it was I don't know maybe we all have our thing that helps us wake up but that Mm -hmm. was mine yeah at what point when you started figuring this out did you connect with a horse for the first time and the horse was like god finally we've been trying to show you this like this has been a collaborative project effort (laughs) right like at what point was it sort of like, finally, thank you for, welcome to the party. Thank you for showing up. What was that like <laughs> when you finally opened it? Cause it's got, it ha- they're funny. I, I love horse personality. You would think it's like that. Um, 
but I've actually never had it come through like that. I think it was just, yeah. Um, maybe the horses that I needed were like a little bit more compassionate. That Okay. All right. I'd give you the asshole <laughs> I mean, horse. <laughs> I can, now I find humor in everything because if you see it from a point of view that like, if we just take a step back, I, yeah. I needed that level of death and trauma in my life. Cause I was terrified to die. Like I, I would, I remember when I was young, I would stay up. My parents were funny, like, just stay up, stay up. You don't have to go to bed because I was, I was not going to wake up. And that went on for a number of months. And finally, I think I either just got so tired that I, I gave up that fear. But, um, so that fear maybe was always there. And that's why the forces had to actually bring it into a physical reality that had me move through that fear by being able to actually have to face it first of all because all of the the animals that I love were dying on me um, and then be able to get a sense and it was that mare that I lost while she was giving birth mm -hmm. that was one of the turning points because I sat there holding her head and she just kept kind of nickering like <laughs> and it was like I could feel her leaving and it was almost like I could, I just had a real sense of her leaving, but being at peace with it all and comforting me. And I remember thinking like, how, how crazy is this? You're telling me it's okay as you're leaving. And, and then when I finally realized that you could tune into a soul that isn't with us in a physical body, um, I went back to all of these horses that had died traumatic deaths. Mm -hmm. and like, it's just crazy what kind of came through as far as they were showing me how much trauma I had in my own system, right? Their death, how they died was a, not a projection, but basically a mirroring of what they were showing me um, that I was holding on to. And so as each one of them died and I began to let stuff go with them and and move through the grieving process and understand what was on the other side of the grieving process, I had a much greater depth of understanding for what dying really means. Mm -hmm. What was the trauma that you, I have two questions and I don't know how you want to answer them, but one, what was the trauma you were hanging on to that you had to let go? And the other is you mentioned that when you got kicked in the head, one of the things that you remembered was something came between you and your dad. Does that have any significance or did it just trigger me? <laughs> That's a, nobody's actually ever asked me that question back. And so I've told that story countless times, but what I just heard in you asking it is a total different thing than what I've been telling people. Um, I'll get to, I actually don't know um, why I was carrying so much trauma. I think I was just a super sensitive child um, that had this love for, I actually, I, I can't answer that as okay. this was the thing. Yeah. Um, but I know that just as it all kind of came out and started unraveling, I was just like, holy cow. Like I remember having anger outbursts. Um, I did a lot of work with animals and um, work in feedlots and different kind of um, agricultural industries. And the one gentleman I worked for, he was a Polish man. He was a vet, um, but because he couldn't get his, he couldn't be a vet in Canada, 
Um, He was working here. And so I remember losing my mind on him one day for no reason at all. And I just, I remember as I finally got all of this out, I thought, oh my gosh, I think something's wrong with me. Where did that come from? Um, So I don't know where it all came from, but I know as it kind of started coming out, there was huge amounts of anger mm-hmm. and um, dissociation, um, frustration, um, grief, guilt, separation, just everything. Um, and it doesn't have to be pinned- somewhere in there. You lost yourself yeah. when you got kicked in the head. I mean, somehow, whether it happened to you or you allowed it to happen, or it was your reaction to that event, you kind of lost yourself at a really young age. And that would make mm-hmm. me, that piss you off. Even if you don't, <laughs> even if it's not in so many words, like you lost a big part of yourself. And then on top of that, to get through healing and the surgery and the healing and then be like, okay, we're going to start this over to have that horse die. I mean, you, you kind of just lost yourself in that. And that, that is trauma. That's a lot of trauma. So it, I just wondered if there was something really specific that you were letting go of, or it was more the trauma of losing yourself and having to find it again. I think so. Because what I can actually speak to now is, I will never let that part of myself go again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I had to know what it felt like to not have it. That once I found it, I realized how important and how much of a key it is for who I am. Yeah. And it's that, I guess, if you want to call it like the that feminine aspect of being intuitive and being compassionate, because I was not a compassionate person. <laughs> um, I had to find that. Um, I was with animals, except for my horses, that I eventually began to take my anger out on, and they just kind of took it, and they kept showing up, and basically, that's, you know, when they started, they would move away and not come to me, Okay. Um, and I wasn't beating them, but it was just training methods that weren't very, that I was really starting to have to separate myself from, and then I began to wonder, why am I doing this? Mm. So that, and then I just kind of stopped doing everything because everything that I knew how to do from a human's perspective, the horses were basically saying, "No, no way in hell." Right. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the thing accident. That flew up, yeah. Yes. So the thing, I thought it was either a piece of dirt or a bird. My dad was riding in front of me, and I was riding like we were. Um, he was just ahead of me, and something. I thought like either a bird flew in between us or they flew out of his horse's hoof and flew up in between us uh, and caused my horse to spook. But, and we were just trotting, which is not a, not galloping, but like that middle gate where it's not very fast. But again, I was only seven years old and he was kind of young. And so I don't know really, I don't, I actually have no recollection of, beyond that thing that flew up between us. Um, But what I heard from you, like, or what I heard how it came through from your question is what got between you and your dad? Um, Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yes. I, (laughs) um, at that time, because right now I'm just trying to process it and let it come through so that I can offer something back. 
Um, but there was something because dad and I would, would, our connection was horses and nature and we would go and do that. And so whatever that was symbolically that actually was a physical thing that moved between us, um, this is super interesting that I now want to go and find out what that was because it feels like whatever it was almost initiated that me realizing that that part of me is dangerous to hold on to. So that's why I like, that's why it all kind of got left there. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I could make it. So you have work to do. (laughs) 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 We want to continue this journey. (laughs) It's just interesting. I thought maybe it was after you were kicked and when your dad was trying to find help, but I thought, when you said it that it was something more spiritual than it was like from the spirit world than it was physical. Mm -hmm. So I, I heard it completely wrong too. Um, but that's interesting. So tell me how people find you to work with you and what they can work through. Um, they find me, I guess, through my website. So that's jesscampmans.com. I'm also on Facebook under Jeff Campmans and Butte Morgan Horses Guided by Equus and Instagram. And those are just media ways for me to share horse wisdom um, that helps people. I work, um, so I do, I can do sessions like this with the horses. I've discovered through me being able to um, open up to receive information, I actually can translate what the horses are offering in my space as to what it might mean for you. Um, so I can work wow. with people. They don't even have to be in the, the space with me and the horses. However, I do also do that. And I do a retreat once a year in the fall where we all, um, my, I take a couple members of the herd and we go to the mountains and I rent this beautiful, um, cabin retreat area that the horses get to move around freely and um, we just kind of gather there for a a couple days around the fall solstice and really dive into whatever whatever you are needing at that point and whatever you need whether you know it or not you come away with because that's just how the horses work and that's kind of how they the horses have taught me how to work as Mm -hmm. a um, as a guide as a healer as whatever you want to call it Um, so I stay out of their way and I stay out of my own way and I just give people back what they come for, whether I know it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I guess, mm-hmm. was kind of my biggest piece that the horses kept trying to help me open up to was stop thinking that um, these aren't things that are useful, mm-hmm. like these, this intuitive information, um, and then how people receive it I kind of have to let go of, right? Because I know if the horses were showing me that, oh my gosh, that would make me so mad. So I would sell them and write the story I just shared. But finally, when you realize this is being highlighted to help you deal with something that you're not dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, So the horses have helped me really become a deeply compassionate person that can offer information and then just hold space for it. And that's whatever you need to find, you find. Jess, thank you so much for sharing your story and coming on. This was really fun. This was awesome. (laughs) I'm glad, yeah. It was super fun for me. Thank you.